2: As you look unto Jesus, as you hear the voice of Jesus, he gives you instructions on how to run. He has run it before. He is the race. He has instructions for you. His instructions will construct you. Amen? Instructions for construction. If you want to be constructed, listen to Jesus' instruction. In his instruction, there are corrections. There is no instruction without correction. You know that? If you are being instructed, some things are being corrected. There is no instruction without correction. In that instruction you will realize, oh wow, I got this wrong. Oh no, I need to change this. Amen. There is always correction in instruction. And instructions are supposed to give you structures to build your life, to construct you. So by looking at Jesus, you receive instructions you receive corrections by looking at jesus you receive warnings by looking at jesus you receive encouragement by looking at jesus you receive strength to run the race by looking at jesus you receive alerts something is about to happen something is down the road Something is around the corner. Be careful about that bend. Be careful about that person. Be careful about, about, about that thing. Basically, he gives you the perspective of the past, of the present, and of the future. He gives you the perspective of what you have been through. Those weights in your life. The snares in your life. The things that have become conditions in your life that have actually conditioned you. He gives you... The perspective, the right perspective about those things, to see those things the way you're supposed to see them, he gives you the perspective of the present. And he gives you the perspective of the future. He opens your eye to see what lays ahead. Amen. Because really, you can't get anywhere if you don't know where you're coming from. If you don't know where you are, where are you going? You don't know where you're coming from. You don't know where you are. Where are you going? You have no direction. Looking at the word of God, as the scripture says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for rebuke, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness that the man of God, the woman of God, the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, prepared unto all good works. Amen. The word of God has been given to us by the Holy Spirit and is good for rebuke, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness so that you can be prepared, so that you can be furnished to all good works. Amen. So through the word of God, through Jesus, he is the word of God. You are able to have all of that so that you can run well and make it to the end. Amen. Because really, you need grace to run to the end. You need grace so that grace will bring you to glory. Amen. If you have run to the end, you have earned the glory. May the Lord give you grace and glory. Divine disposition for grace and glory. I would like you to memorize that Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we have received or we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken let us have grace by which we may serve god acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our god is a consuming fire let us have grace let us have grace grace is in the presence of the lord grace is in the house of the lord grace is available before the lord there was this person that we looked at some weeks ago, Moses. All he was asking for, the three prayers he prayed, that I may have grace in your sight. That I may have grace in your side, That I may have grace in your side. And at the end of the story, God says, okay, I will give you all the grace. I will make all my goodness pass before you. I will make all my glory pass before you because really all the grace of God is the goodness of God, the glory of God, the mercy of God, the love of God. I will make it all pass before you since all you are asking for is grace, grace, grace. Amen. There is a grace that finds you and there is a grace that you find. We are talking about the grace that you need to find. The grace that you need to tap into. The grace that you need to receive. Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. If you don't come, you're not going to find the help. There is abundance of grace. There is abundance of grace. Wherever sin abandoned, grace did much more abound. Whatever it is that is difficult for you to do, there is grace to do it. Even only if you will cry unto God... Oh, Paul cried unto God, Take this thing away from me. Take this pain away from me. And he cried unto God three times. And God says, Oh, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you, meaning you have my grace already. Because really, what he said, I have the abundance of revelation. Through the abundance of revelation, He received abundance of grace. But he was thinking, how am I going to deal with this? How am I going to deal with this? This thing that the Lord has allowed to come upon me. And he cried to God, take it away from me. And God says, you have my grace already. It's sufficient for you. Divine disposition for grace and glory. Our disposition toward divine dealings determines our destination and destiny. Our disposition toward divine dealings determines our destination and destiny. Your position determines your perspective. Your perspective determines your perception. Your perception determines your action. Your action determines your outcome, victory or failure. I've said that many times. If you don't know it, let me say it to you again. Your position determines your perspective and your perspective determines your perception. Your perception determines your action. Your action determines your outcome. And that is either victory or failure. Just in the same way, your disposition determines your destination or your destiny. Your attitude determines your altitude. But what determines your disposition? If your disposition determines your destiny, what determines your disposition? What determines how you look at it? What determines how you see it? What determines how you react to it? What determines whether you're going to receive it or reject it? What determines your disposition? What determines your feelings toward that thing? What determines your feelings toward that person? What determines your attitude toward God? Revelation of your position determines your disposition. Revelation determines disposition. What is your revelation? How do you see? that person determines how you react to that person, how you relate to that person, how you treat that person, your attitude towards that person. Do you see the person as your equal? Do you see the person as your mate? Do you see this person as nobody? Do you see the person as a dignitary? Do you see the person as authority? How do you see the person, your revelation of that, not just your revelation of that, also your revelation of your position. Basically, revelation of position. Position of yourself and the position of others. Position of yourself relative to others. Do you see yourself and carry yourself humbly? Or do you see yourself as big who doesn't need any correction, who doesn't need to be directed, who doesn't need to be told, who doesn't need anything? You are basically independent. Revelation of position. Your position relative to others would determine your disposition. For the scripture says in Romans 13.7 Render therefore to all their dues. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Customs to whom customs. Fear to whom fear. Honor to whom honor. We need to give honor to whom honor is due. Respect to whom respect is due. The bottom line is the royal law. Which says do unto others. As you would like them to do unto you. If you want to be respected. What should you do? What should you do if you you want to be respected? You show respect. If you want to be honored, you show honor. That's the way it goes. So if you carry yourself humbly and you show respect to others, you show honor to others, not because they dress well, not because they look beautiful, they look handsome, not because they look rich, not because of the car they drive, you give respect to them You will have respect. Not necessarily from them. You will have respect from others. Amen. The respect might not come from the person you are giving respect to. They might disrespect you. But you respect them anyway. If they don't respect you, others will respect you. Amen. This is the way of life. Divine disposition for grace and glory. It's really very important to have that revelation of position let not a revelation come to you because again, the person looks rich and therefore you respect them. You know what the scripture says? If a man in gay, uses the word gay, if a man in gay clothing, in nice clothing comes to your assembly and you say, Oh, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. Come and sit here. Come and sit in the front. And you see another man in wretched clothing, not so good clothing, Comes here you say, Oh come and sit at my footstool. Hmm. Huh. Aren't you respected of persons?